The following podcast is a live recording of a radio show first broadcast by Fresh FM with assistance from New Zealand On Air. Good morning or good afternoon, depending on whether you're listening us to us live. That's Ben Vigin on the Deadline Report. Care of Fresh FM, the greatest radio station in the South Island, and all the known and unknown and maybe slightly known universes. Metaverse, who ever came up with that? Anyway, so just a couple of questions before we get into this uh, election special show. A couple of things there. Just first of all, um, in my paper, the Ben's New Zealand Political A to Z, out in all the great cafes. We've just spent the last 10 days delivering it. 500 cafes, 3,500 Ks, 8,500 copies, which would get us around about 60,000, 80,000 readers in the next two or three weeks. And great addition, a big thank you out for, Jay, for uh, Jace, my uh, uh, co-partner in this uh, election special road tour. We will be start adding some of those clips onto my existing shipping news, shipping news 22, which not only covers the ADZ with a full extended version of stuff that we couldn't put in because we're only allowed eight pages, not 12. Uh, and that's eight, eight, three huge pages. Beautiful cartoon there by Rob Dean Bold, formerly Gone Bay, now of Omaru. Uh, but it also includes a, a couple of links on the story that we have been doing on Jeffrey Brendan Wilding. Um, this is one of the guys involved in the peripheral with Credit Susie, who obviously run into lots of trouble. I've been writing about this guy and his links to um, some very, 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 very shady folks since 1999. Uh, I've in fact been commissioned by a Lunch and Hand Fund to actually look further into this. We've um, come up with a page there. Again, it's the Kiwi Connection Credit Susie, I think, Shipping News 17. Um, my subscribers who pay 100 bucks a year to me to uh, get out my monthly newsletter, um, have got that one, that's a, that's a paywall behind a paywall, but it's been out, they've had the exclusive, it's been out for a while now, so the code word for that is Icarus, so we've got some links there, and again, just the point there is that we can demonstrate us talking about uh, what was happening to this guy, we can demonstrate that the issue is the auditing, and now we have the Wall Street Journals and the Financial Times and other people that have been working in collaboration with uh, my employers, to effectively go after this guy and um, not just him, but really the whole banking system that's failed to have any regulatory control while the foxes have been allowed to police themselves. And that is the, the absolute nut caution. And, and from a New Zealand perspective, it is this came out of the uh, out of the 80s, the gang of 20s, the politicians, people like Jeffrey Palmer and various other people say, oh, no, no, that's not going on and downplayed it all. Um, then it turned out Keith Peterson, the man that exposed the Erebus disaster, a litany of lies, who I interviewed perfectly, um, made several claims. Um, they basically tried to set him up, um, you know, doomed for defamation. Eventually, why tacky tourism in the north fell over. Turned out everything he was saying was correct. Did they actually reinstate him like they were forced to do when they tried to also sack him during the Erebus disaster? No. They Instead, they created an entirely new body of... of uh, authorities to investigate white-collar crime in New Zealand. It was called the Serious Fraud Office, or as I like to call them, the Seriously Fraught Office. Uh, the chief person of that was Warwick Reed, who ended up not getting the job, the top job, because he got taken away in handcuffs because he was working for the triads of Hong Kong. Many, many, many people in the SFO uh, have a similar background to Warwick Reed, and that, that, that body should have been seriously vetted and investigated big time yonks ago.
especially to its length to people like the Carrion Ford, which is another Hong Kong case, which again, a lot of our Carrion characters and things like the Queenstown, Auckland area have, um, who have been around a while have long links to that. Uh, Sirius Ward Office, incidentally, I'm trying to remember the name of the man that run, runs the Daily Spin. His, part, his, his partner is also uh, with the SFO, uh, so they like to downplay the idea that their corporation's a problem, that there's any white-collar crime, all the while receiving a $55 million subsidy. I think it's 55. It's in, it's in the tens of millions for their blog, and so that strikes me as really strange that a blog, just a blog, should get so much money uh, when none of those tools are actually made available to anybody that's not in the club. The 80s uh, Gang of 20 situation, of course, then blew up into the wine box inquiry. Good old Winston Peters. I won't support the 1080. I won't support the TPPA. Probably gets in and does exactly that. Uh, and the documents appear to have been leaked uh, that Winston Peters talked about. Peter to have been leaked to him actually by the rivals of the wine box stars. That's the um, Gang of Gang of not the Gang of 20, the Faye Rich White guys who helped sell off the uh, the New Zealand Railway with the assistance of Stephen Jennings of the New Zealand Initiative. Not the New Zealand Institute, which is my main typo in my... There's always one, free good typos to free homes. Um, but that's a very interesting character. But no, there was actually... Uh, Winston was fed the material from rivals to the uh, Wine Box Inquiry, including those from the Gang of 20 Affair. And many of these names have now incidentally popped up in the Paradise Papers and the Panama Papers, which... Two books later, which I've been writing, um, thousands and thousands of books. Used to have lots of my copies in the libraries. They've all been purged, so there's now only a few remaining in the in the um, New Zealand room. Not actually a conspiracy, just the um, New Zealand libraries actually cutting costs by actually getting rid of books so they don't have to pay authors like me any royalties. So again, very hard to be an independent reporter in New Zealand because you're getting your money industry strived cut from you all the time. More and more foreign players, especially in the independent media, less and less public funding, and only public funding if you grovel like crazy. So that that is the uh, basic housework done. Of course, you can visit me. No, you can't visit me on Facebook now because my Facebook's just for friends. I got sick and tired of being stalked by these so-called independent uh, parties that all seem to be linked into mining companies. On that basis, uh, went to the candidates meeting uh, in Golden Bay last week. Uh, include the independent name guy. I say I can't remember, but he actually basically is. Um, backed by the mining companies. It had Sue Gray, who gets lots of publicity, supported by uh, Counterspin, who, of course, comes from a mining company. It had the New Zealand Oil Company, the New Zealand Oil, which, like a lot of these sort of pop-up, you know, these are, these are parties that have popped up in the wake of COVID. They largely, their responses, blame somebody, don't really actually have any real vision about what they actually want to do, and realistically have no chance at all of reaching the 5% margin, which effectively for me, I mean, uh, the New Zealand Electoral Board are, are not being quite correct when they say, oh, no, no, you can vote for anyone. And you, the, their votes don't go to the other people. That's not crap. That's 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 horse hockey. At the end of the night, the votes that reach less than 5% that effectively go to the incumbent parties, that's i.e. the parties that win the election. So effectively, all of those minor parties under 5%, the Outdoors Party, the New Zealand Oil, they will all be going to effectively 
uh, probably national act as the polls are going right now. Um, anyway, that, but that's not the main point. Um, of course, again, one of the corrections I do actually offer to Sue Gray is I turned around and said she was defending Carl Chapman. That's the former uh, Nancy, neo-Nazi national front person that's been doing the social media for the Outdoors Party and has a long link and association with, with, with Sue Gray over the last few years, been very close buddy, lots of photo opportunities with her. Doesn't seem to worry Sue that she's actually hanging out with a neo-Nazi. Um, apparently, you know, the whole definition of these freedom versions uh, signs that we turn around and say, um, least we forget, sort of forgot that our grandparents were actually fighting Nazis and that actually, no, um, we know that the, the far left like to call everything that they don't agree right wing, but, you know, there actually are. There, there comes a line when you cross it, and hanging with Carl Chapman is one of those lines. But anyway, she isn't defending Carl Chapman in court. She did actually, very, very prudently, probably the first time I've seen Grube, Grue, Grue Gray, <laughs> Sue Gray, um, be prudent. Um, There's a first for everything. The clock always sits 12 at least once. Um, and she said, oh, no, she recommended that he go and get a public defendant. So good old Carl Chapman's been flicked away. But if you go to the electoral boxes, you'll see right next to Brian Tamaki, uh, opportunist, um, his brother, I think it was Doug and Graham, one of them basically ran the gang scene and linked up to the Black Power and Hills Angels. The other one ran the tourism board, which includes the uh, Tamaki Village, which uh, while sold on sold from the um, Brian Tamaki family uh, to a new interest, does include many, many, many people from Nestle Church, received a $600,000 donation to stop climate change. Shortly afterwards, Brian packed up his bikes and disappeared off into the distance away from Wellington. Um, I still think Brian just comes down to Wellington once in a while to sort of shake the cages and see what other dollars he can get from the government's going, oh, God, we don't give Brian some money. He's going to come and make us look bad. Um, not bad, just but just generally um, scare them because they're, they're a bunch of snow puffs, this, this current lot of politicians. But that's who that's who Sue Gray's chosen to throw her hat in the middle. So, and it's also really interesting. They're all going about freedom and how they hate the United Nations. But of course, Sue defends her position on the uh, human rights on the Bill of Rights, nineteen ninety one, not the actually oldest serving Bill of Rights, sixteen eighty eight. The two rights actually have completely definitions of human rights. Sixteen eighty eight; those are your rights. If you think the Freedom Party would like that. 1990 is human rights as defined by the United Nations, as defined by the New York Accords, which means those are the rights that you have that the shareholders uh, and the captain or the agent of the shareholders can give or take away of. Um, Kelvin Upps, counterspin, uh, likes to turn around and cite this Maori Party draw their authority from the, have been recognised by the United Nations. And of course, we've got people like Billy TK, um, who actually pretty much all uh, worked for the United Nations Agenda 2030 or uh, Road in the Built Road Initiative, uh, or even right through the NCP, it said on his LinkedIn profile, still employed. That's been currently changed and taken down. And like a lot of things that I reported early on uh, on the NCP and these um, what I like to think of grifters, you know, it's like these are people that want your, either want your vote, they want your grift, they want your money so they can have a holiday in uh, Bali and they want you to keep repeating the same mistakes that haven't changed anything at all. So, you know, Sue was there, as you can tell, not my favourite person. I'm not saying do vote for her, don't vote for her. I personally would rather uh, urinate on an electric fence, but that's just my viewpoint. We had Richard Osterman from the uh, No Money Party. Now, Richard's the, Richard's the funniest one because Richard reminds me of the character from, I, I, the book is called Arthur Kessler. The book, the author is Arthur Kessler. The book is called The Cool Girls. And it talks about the idea that the world's overpopulated. So all these elites get together and they have this big meeting 
And he's like the whole one that says, maybe we need to actually address the system and start treating people with respect. And that leads to, and all this stuff is actually fact-based, but all the other ones who offer their opinions based on ego and propaganda uh, laugh that one down. Very good book if you ever get a chance to read that. It's one of those kind of series of books that came out post-war, um, George Orwell, Elder Huxley's Brave New World. Very wonderful book written by very, very insightful writer, readers who had seen what happens when the machine wakes up and um, the corporate beasts alone, combined with war, is allowed to take charge. And then things get very, very scary indeed. Let's have a little bit of a break. And um, I'm going to play the song, which the engineer's going to find for me because he's brilliant, uh, called Why Can't We Be Friends? I love the line in that song about wouldn't have you in the mafia. And this is about a guy joining the CIA. I kind of like, do laugh because, again, when we look at all these um, minority parties, of course, what Michael Stace, that was uh, the 2OC, the NCTP, um, admitting on his own profile that he was an association former intelligence officer. Go and look up them and the uh, concept of living in sin, community intelligence network, how that works, how that's utilised to actually push, um, basically, take over cascade politics, which I talked about in the last A to Z uh, of the last two weeks, and explain how cascade works and how it's a very, very good way that uh, corporates can actually capture the... Um, uh, tight elections by focusing on the swing vote and by using um, activism, fake activist groups to actually take over and actually, you know, end up um, derailing the, the, the demographics so they end up getting the, the actual vote results. And they can do this very, very accurately, increasingly so with very high AI abilities using quantum uh, mathematics. And of course, you know, another one CIA was, of course, Kelvin Upps with good old mate Leon Kelly, uh, who was supposed about his role in overthrowing the Whitman government and the constitutional crisis of the 1970s. And then, of course, we've got good old Tex, Tex from Solutions uh, down in Invercargill. You, he, you have plenty of people that will turn around if Tex wants to um, challenge this, that will say, yes, um, he's admitted that everything in my book, State Secrets 2, is me actually, is me talking to him. Uh, and in my book, State Secrets 2, that particular person, which we will now identify as Tex, um, Brenda McAuley, um, admits that he actually had very close links to the CIA. Again, very interesting to see the number of people in these instant pop-up uh, groups that have come up with very, very deep pockets that allow them to basically just hijack activism groups because they've got the money and people seem to think money matters when Richard say it doesn't. So let's actually carry on in the next edition. We'll break down some of these other parties uh, that were obviously National Labour so on were there, the Greens, and what some of the issues they covered and some of the issues that they didn't cover that are specifically relevant to the Nelson-Tasman region. So why can't we be friends?
You're on the Deadline Report with Ben Virgin Investigates. A big shout out to all the sponsors and promoters who have actually got behind my newsletter and my newspaper um, and allow me to uh, basically run an independent media where I don't have to run around um, constantly shaking down people for uh, Koha and um, trying to sell them grifty, um, sleazy bitcoins and crappy merchandise or what they vote because I always think those three things are the, the red vote someone says that they're an independent activist uh, and you know they're filling this list of oh, money comes from deep pockets uh, has intelligence backgrounds pretty much looks like they're more interested in, in, in getting do- donations than actually um, doing their job yeah probably you best you best to walk away uh, and that's the thing that you know Richard was saying that, that Richard Osterman of the um, uh, no party or no money party was saying this is a situation of saying this radical idea that what about we create a system that was actually based upon no money but people actually offering their time up voluntarily and it was more holistic and more community basis i'm i'm always really curious about how many people within the uh and i quote this freedom scene are really aghast <gasps> what do you mean no money are you a communist i mean this is actually I mean, the reality is this is what we turn around and see here's the basic statistics 0.1 percent post-covid 0.1% of the population now holds more than 50% of the resources. So all these so-called independent parties that are popping up saying, let's go and beat, actually, I've got a poem for them. So, and it's this poem about actually just doing the same dumb thing over and over and over and over and over again and thinking you're going to get results. So the poem's like this. This is a Ben Vigin original. Uh, it goes out to Sue Gray. I bang my head against the wall. In fact, it goes out to Sue Gray, Kilman Alps, Brian Tamaki, Cal Chapman, Vinnie Eastwood, Brad Flutie, who all like to party and hang out together. Um, so that's, again, when you look at these, these are the people that are extremely, uh, in terms of the message from Brian, certainly homophobic, Vinnie's pretty homophobic. It's it's pretty much all like, we want freedom to do whatever the hell we want, and you do as we tell you, really. It's, 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 pretty, it's pretty kind of... 
it, it, you know, it's I kind of like I call them undercover yellow. You know, there's a real act quality. But it's just, again, I stress, that's my viewpoint of this group of people that are marking themselves marketing. In the words of Bill Hicks, do yourself a favour. If you're in marketing, kill yourself. Uh, but my poem, for all you fine establishment people and, and to your friends who like to break into people's houses and, and uh, basically act like thugs or send you nasty little messages to your website, uh, basically again being quite homophobic, violent, and all the things which they won't come out of the shadows because as soon as they do, it actually reveals them to be the thugs that they are. And of course, you know, I've talked about my first-hand experience with some of these sort of friends of the QAnon uh, area. That the, not that they're any better than the Antifa, uh, and I use that in quotations, uh, radical left, but my poem, I banged my head against the wall. I banged my head against the wall. I banged my head against the wall. My goodness gracious. My head is sore. So, yeah, the whole idea is that basically these guys, pretty much all, all minor parties, just say, let's keep doing what we've been doing before. Because that's worked so well for us. That's really given the, the people in New Zealand, the small, medium businesses who employ 95% of the economy, of the workforce of the economy, a break by doing exactly what we're doing. And of course, none of these parties will actually go into Parliament and actually point out the constitutional crisis of the is New Zealand in terms of our 2004 and 1986 uh, um, acts are basically both legal fictions and the fact that it's actually what Justice Cook called the 1986 Constitutional Act. Um, not done with the higher uh, majority or a referendum as they should have been according to um, the terms that they come under what they call electoral law or, or sorry they come under entrenched laws with entrenchment or entrenchment clauses but neither line, no they don't want to do that they just want to keep you going oh vote for us and somehow we'll make it better they don't actually have a message about how they're going to do it. That's not what, at least that's what I got from when I read, listened to the candidates. So, in fact, I'll just quickly go through that one because otherwise we'll just blow it all day. So, we looked at there was more than six questions on climate change. And again, whether they, the relevant groups accept that climate change was occurring or it's not happening, the point was that none of them actually addressed the issue that as long as we have unbridled capitalism with the idea that corporations make more and more money every year, year, which is just simply laws of physics. So when people say, imagine a society without money, isn't that crazy? No, actually what's crazy is actually believing that you can have an economy based upon a few majority of people in that economy making ever-increasing amounts of profit. That just is simply defies the laws of physics. And that's what's crazy is that people can't bend their heads around that simple fact. We actually have an economic system that literally goes against the laws of physics. So that is not going to end well. So six questions about climate change. Um, and as I said, you know, I mean, what we're, what we're talking about is why we need to look about uh, changing the system completely and not just simply overthrowing it or replacing it with the same thing all over again is, you know, what we need is an evolution not a revolution, which is simply a, a revolution simply when the world goes round and round. And in this case, it's just simply repeating the same toxic um, cycle. Now, they also dealt with the issue of lockdowns, about whether or not if we even have another issue like COVID, whether they have lockdowns. Um, I found it interesting that all the parties, including the major parties uh, of national, I can't say ACT because ACT didn't actually show up. They, in fact, ACT hasn't been showing up to any of the candidate meetings uh, in the South Island, at least. Um, they've been told to stand down because their candidates just don't come across very well. So apparently, if you vote for uh, for the ACT, you'll get David Sawyer more up in Wellington, uh, pretty much telling all his people believe him to do as they're told because they're all complete nonkeds. Um, doesn't sound like a really democratic option. 
option to me. But then again, as you know, David Seymour's book was actually um, the foreword was written by Stephen Jennings of the New Zealand Initiative, the man that executed Rogernomics in the 1980s, and you know, it's the the policies which uh, the Freedom Camp are aligning via things like Reality Radio um, with, with broadcasters like Rodney Hyde, the man that actually started off the whole Three Waters with his 2010 bill allowing councils to actually privatise the tender contracts for up to 15 years. Um, so Free Waters is just basically Rodney Hyde's bill, 2010 bill on crack. Does the same thing, but both sides pretending that they're in opposition to each other while they work together in lockstep to advance these things together. So um, Labour was the only one that turned around and said, oh, we would see what the science depends. So of course we know, in fact, that the science of the Imperial Conference, Neil Ferguson, is now completely wrong. You know, the Swedish model, which everyone and the media, Pacific corporate media, underline that score point, um, stated was actually the correct way, gave lots of heat. And then when you actually go and look at the graphs in terms of the long term, Sweden did actually come out in the long term as being the correct way. This is the only mistake they made with the mobility of the senior rates because Sweden has a higher uh, age population. Otherwise, the statistics speak for themselves. And everybody but the Labour Party, actually, who are, you know, desperately trying to stay in party and don't want to admit that they were wrong, um, now gets that. So that's, you're not being a conspiracy theorist if you say the Labour response to lockdown was nuts, because that's now actually the global given mainstream verdict. But we're just all a little bit sad about we don't want to actually have too much of a admitting that, you know, the guys that actually saw through it and actually, you know, did lose their jobs or basically have a government overreach were actually correct and actually are probably owed a vast apology. Unfortunately, people like Brian Tamaki have actually helped undermine the, of the cause of what many, many fine people who didn't feel the need to bash people or blame earthquakes on homos, uh, to, to quote Brian, has, you know, but again, I also feel like that's the purpose of things like Brian and these sort of far-right, shanky, shifty, sifty, koha, uh, begging scavengers, predators who chew off the bone because they have no human decency are all about in the first place. And, you know, don't let's say I, I, I'm holding back or anything. So we talked about lockdown. Of course, what no one talked about, and bear in mind that this is the... Uh, Tasman candidacy meeting was I put in a question to say, um, have any of your candidates heard of the special economic zones, which is super significant. Uh, Kevin Haig of the Forest and Green first discovered these during exercise, Bakaria, an exercise about an impoverished island state that's fallen hard times that needs a special economic vision. Well, it turns out the special economic zones, hand custom designed by the New Zealand Initiative, passed on to Ministry of Primary Industry, uh, and another one that's all about making money and not actually the other things that you know, government shouldn't be about making money, just about making money. People's happiness, people's well-being also needs to be considered. But unfortunately, 35 years of neoliberalism, red, blue pill, has pretty much made us focus on the sickness. And that's the sickness which I said. The basic economic statistics are speaking for themselves. 50% of the resources in the hands of 0.1% of the population. Boys and girls, we need that evolution, not that revolution. So no one spoke about the special economic um, zones, which are all aimed at the mineral riches of uh, basically New Zealand. Guys like the Labour Party, very clean buddy-buddy with New Zealand initiative. I bet you Damien Connor was one of the candidates Labour would love to be involved in that. And his West Coast is all about, you know, 
you listen to that candidacy, Damien was really like, oh no, we need to only have all jobs about mining and forestry. He didn't really, wasn't keen. He wanted to actually raise up the money of, of overseas tourists to stop there being any additional alternative economy for the West Coast other than mining and forestry. And this was again repeated by the Greens, uh, who are still in the grip of Bayer Monsanto, James Shaw, that's, you know, worked for Bayer, but they became Bayer Monsanto, uh, and their shonky carbon credit financing, uh, which is currently the auditing that's been blown up around the world. China said, don't deal with PwC. There are now eight different investigations going on to PwC. And frankly, the advice that they've basically buried in the media, and it's you'll have to go to hard copies to dig up, the, the PwC told us that we'd make $6 billion a year if we signed the Kyoto Protocols. After the Kyoto Protocols, they said, oops, sorry, you'll lose $6 billion. So in other words, PwC made a $12 billion counting error. And now it's coming out in Australia and all around the world that PwC are a shonky cell, and yet the Greens Party are sucked fully into this whole uh, PwC, Shill Todd, Todd Foundation, that's the Todd family, uh, version of renewable energies, which is all about carving up our mining, open up our planet, our, our country to mining, uh, and operating in a carbon credit scheme, which actually means that the people that don't poop pay the most, and the ones that fly to the for Davos actually on, to get $40, $45 hot dogs and $10,000 rooms don't pay at all. And when the Greens turn around and say, oh, no, 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 uh, the other question, everyone in the room, um, the candidates uh, pretty much all on the mainstream party said, no, the World Economic Forum doesn't have any influence over New Zealand, and that drew a blanket get the hell out of Dodge from the entire room. And it's just also nonsense. If, if you've been in politi politics this long and you don't understand how lobbying works, you probably shouldn't be there. And to say that these different these mainstream parties are not getting large donations or influenced by powerful groups that actually are funded extremely well and have deep pockets, much like a lot of these so-called pop-up independent parties that are basically carving up the 5% and making it impossible to create any fringe party other than to launch a fringe party that is there to only be act as a platform and educate the public. I and mean, that's the only reason I think pretty much all, if you're going to vote for a minor party, you're only voting because it's bringing out educational awareness. Don't think you're going to that because they're going to get a vote because they're not going to get a vote. Years and years of um, MMP have demonstrated that that's what actually happens and that's how the system's designed to be. As George Carlin turned around and said, it's a big club and you and I are not invited. Anyway, that has been the Deadline Report, our economic special. I am going to not leave you with a song today because we've probably already already done it. Um, I could sing you my version of the unicorn song, which goes a little bit like this. Unicorns and clouds, drawing the nails. But I don't think anybody will like it, so we'll just call it quits. I'll see you all next week on the Deadline Report. Ben Vigil investigates Kara Fresh FM, the greatest little radio station in the South Island, and the known... Multi-universe. I wonder I'm going to have to find some more lines than that. But anyway, see you all. Take care. Keep cool till after school. The podcast you just listened to was a live recording of a radio show. First broadcast on Fresh FM with support from New Zealand On Air. Fresh FM is a community access media station based in Te Tauihu, the top of the South Island, New Zealand. The funding of Access Media makes these podcasts possible. To find similar programs by other community access media stations, go online to accessmedia.nz. If you or your group would like to know more about how you can have a program on our station, please contact us. Visit our website freshfm.net for our contact details.